0: Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about Germany. I'm Nick Outen of 40%German.com. And as always, I'm joined by co host Dilly Algema to discuss the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. Hey, Dilly, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Nick. Lovely. It's, it's lovely here in Sachsen Anhalt. How are you?
0: I'm all right. Um, I've got a question for you, though, Dilly. Uh, yes. Every Every Tuesday when we record, I put out a call and ask, hey, what have you been doing this week? Have you got anything interesting we can talk about on the podcast? And routinely you return with just purely fruit-based stories. (laughs) It's just And and like, I've entertained it for, for a few months now, but I've got to ask, do you do anything aside from just eat fruit or look at fruit or buy fruit?
1: I have in front of me two vintage East German ceramic balls and they're full of like four or five kinds of fruit. No, I don't think so.
0: I mean, you've you've actually converted me because now I'm I'm I've gone on a uh, a bit of a fruit binge. Isn't the right word, but I guess for me it would be. I'm aiming to eat three pieces of fruit a day. Uh, It's not exciting. I'm not eating like dragon fruit or anything. What are you eating? eating? Apple, apple, banana, and some grapes.
1: Oh, that's a good start. Good, good on you. That's the
0: way I'm going. Um, But yeah uh but yeah i just i just i'm mesmerized every time i ask what you been doing and you're like ah oh, have you heard of this fruit and i'm like I just...
1: <laughs> this is the first time i've done that by the way
0: <laughs> it feels like the 10th time <laughs> and... <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's exciting it's the start of fall and you know yeah. things that cheer me up here in zaks and are fruit nick i think you have to get used to that
0: I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe if you uh, if you ever leave uh, Saxony-Anhalt, you might have uh, have uh, a, a different a different things different things to delight you. Maybe yes, but, uh,
1: I might take up pottery, um, <laughs> sport. I, I want to learn like martial arts. And,
0: really?
1: Yeah, always wanted to.
0: What kind of martial arts would you do? Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Please tell me it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I went
1: for one class of Krav Maga.
0: Oh, you've went for the. Once. Went for the big one. Once. <laughs> Isn't Krav Maga just entirely based on tearing people's well, men's testicles off? I think that's pretty much every move ends in some kind of swift kick to the bollocks.
1: Ah, there, there was kicking involved, even the first day. You mm. might be right. But um, yeah, I started in like the middle of winter, so I couldn't continue with it. Mm. But I've always wanted to do something in the in the cup sport or martial arts department
0: yeah i've always been kind of attracted to it Mm. it's something that i don't know yeah i mean it's one of those things where sitting at me now i've got no time to do anything Mm -hmm. Uh, i barely get to record a podcast but the Mm -hmm. um i guess when it comes to you just mentioned the start of like autumn or fall i think you said
1: and I I can't believe
0: you're bringing these Americanizations into the show. <laughs> Disgraceful. What are you going to talk about next? Soccer? Uh, no, I'm, I'm joking, of course. American listeners, I, I love all your crazy lingo. Oh, uh, <laughs>
1: you're going to hear from them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am. I probably am. Yeah, the, the with the sort of Herbst Autumn approaching, it's always good to kind of get into a sporty activity, I feel. Mm-hmm. Because as the nights get darker and and You, you like me, get up very early for work and you I have know. to you get yeah. up in the dark. Yeah. You need something that's going to motivate you. Yeah. And I think it's good to, to do something like that. Yeah. But um, I'm in the process of converting my basement into a gym. That's what I'm doing. Into a gym? Yeah, yeah. Nice. We, have this em- we, we have this empty space and it's big enough to mm. put equipment in, but it's basically just been it needs tiling it's just an empty empty shell really and it it needs some some real renovation but Mm. i've already put a running machine in there and Mm -hmm. i'm I'm in the process of buying a a weights bench Mm -hmm. Um, good start because i'm i think i'm in that i think i'm in that phase that i have every year where i go into like a exercise phase Mm -hmm. and then i go out of it and then get Mm -hmm. really bummed out that i'm not in it and then i go back in (laughs) so it's like that kind of process it's also because i need to get up, be getting up earlier i'm going to sleep at like two o'clock in the in, in the morning and waking up and feeling like i've been lobotomized so anything that's going to help on on that front and i'm frankly sick of trying to have conversations in german while i'm while i'm sleep deprived <laughs> i'm mm. just like uh uh yeah das ist okay <laughs> <laughs> i just like, don't know what to say so frequently i'm like i don't even know what i'm meant to say here like i know yeah. What they're asking me, but I don't even know. It was, I had the other day, I had to hand something to somebody. I had to hand something to a, 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 one of the admin staff at work. And I walked in and I said the name, and it's I E. They've got an I and an E, and I always get I's and E's mixed up. So instead of the E sounds an I sound, mm. and the I sounds an E sound, and I always mix those two up. So I said the person's name. And it had an I and an E in it, and I mispronounced it, and they corrected me, right? <laughs> and then and then they went, um, So, Mr. Hooten. And I was like, And I, and my brain went, Correct them, correct them. And I, I couldn't even get the sentence out. <laughs> I was like, Does this Nick, Mine Nama? That's just, I couldn't even do it. I just went, Yeah, okay. Let's <laughs> move on with my life.
1: I, I know what you mean. Many a kid in uh, my classes have not received a taddle or like, a letter reprimanding them uh, because mm-hmm. I just couldn't sit down and put the words on paper. I, I, what I do now is I ask them to give me, write a reflection on the situation and then... are oh, very is, modern. I know. And, and then I avoid doing the writing and they write. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that the, is that like the, it's like a YouTube um, sort of quick hack, isn't it? This it's is a quick, quick hack, hack for teaching. Get the kids to do all the work for you.
1: Do, you reflect <laughs> on it. You write what you did and then write what you will not do in the future. You apologize. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good stuff, reflections.
0: Is that the similar thing to like a for vice? Because they're like the worst thing you can get, right, is a for vice in schools. So like a, like a kind of a letter home basically. That's,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's, it's an official, Caution, I think, is what they call it. Yeah,
1: uh, maybe it is a toddle. I haven't heard the... uh, I I don't know what a favise is, actually, but we call Mm. it a toddle, and it kind of Mm. explains what happened in school or what the kid Mm -hmm. did and then what Mm -hmm. measures were taken. It Mm -hmm. also lists every other toddle, every other incident that's taken place. And if you get a bunch of those then the school can organize a class and conference. And that's a meeting between the teachers in order to see Ooh. how you go forward.
0: No one needs that. Nobody I mean, is anything scarier than a room full of teachers? Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, education's kind of on my mind because I'm back at work now after my month off with uh, for Elton's eye, mm-hmm. and I'm back. That's back in the office on Monday.
1: Okay. But it's I've... not
0: the semester hasn't started, so it's kind of like the phony war.
1: Yeah.
0: Where you're preparing desperately and making sure that everything's in order yeah. and all your presentations look good and trying to work out how to engage students who uh if twenty, but mostly twenty years younger than me. And you're like, Does TikTok interest the business? I had a discussion with my um, my colleague about whether the merits of trying to engage students at their level. And increasingly, I'm kind of the mind like, no, (laughs) I'm just not going to pretend. I I understand the references, but I'm not, I don't want to be the cool teacher.
1: I try to be the cool teacher. I try to get students, okay, so you know what Facebook is, you don't use it, but you know what it is. So you write a post and you draw things around it. And the next day I got mm. a letter from a parent saying, say, we will not allow a kid to register on Facebook and to have an account. How could you do this? They're not even—they're not 16, they're not 18. Yeah, that's not what I asked them to do. But okay, that's when I let go mm. of it. I'm not the cool teacher.
0: Yeah. I'm assuming I've kind of p- bypassed the midlife crisis. But should it actually occur, I guess my midlife crisis might be get a leather jacket, get a motorbike, become the cool teacher. (laughs) My wife divorces me. (laughs) I think that's the the process that happens. I think it's in that order as well. Leather jacket, motorbike, cool teacher, divorce. (laughs) That's the the linear line. Best of Uh, allowed. Yeah, that's the way it works, definitely. Yeah, but you see a lot of that on German streets. I was thinking about it the other day, There is like... Because Camp David taps into that market of men who want to be younger. I see a hell of a lot of blokes in there. Here's the question. Have you ever seen anyone in like a high-end sports car that wasn't the wrong side of kind of 50? I never see young people driving like sports cars or Porsches or...
1: You're right about that. It's always someone who's happily in retirement, kind of.
0: I don't want Producer Simon to take this as a personal affront, but... um, as, a, as as a as a balding man um, <laughs> or a bald man, I'm not sure which one of you would identify with. I do frequently see people in Porsches and the bald men, and that's the that's just something that I've observed. I've counted it now, and in the last I think in the last four weeks, and that includes being away on holiday uh, in the Algoy, I think I've seen about ten Porsches and ten bald men, and I've because I've been counting. It could be eleven because I think I saw a Porsche, but I'm not sure if it was a Porsche. I couldn't exactly identify it. But I started counting because it's got so ridiculous how many times I see I see that. It's very odd. I don't know whether the German men have like a propensity to midlife crises. I don't know. What do you reckon? Crises. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? It's like multiple crises, a multiple crisis on all fronts. But I don't know. What do you reckon? Do you reckon like, like that's just a facet of German society. that
1: Are you asking the, me or are you asking Simon? Please tell me you're asking. I'm asking you. I'm asking you. I'm I'm asking you I don't ask. Extremely non-PC conversation.
0: Well, is it not a PC? Why is it not a PC conversation? It's. Am I am I am I out attacking bald men in Porsches? Is that the problem? <laughs> is, that the, <laughs> is that the subcategory? Oh, yeah. Well, won't someone speak up for the white bald man in Porsches? <laughs> <laughs> will somebody defend their rights? <laughs>
1: I, I don't know. I mean, if you have drive a sports car and in summer you can have the top down, if I had hair, I wouldn't do it. I'm thinking it might just be a practicality.
0: Oh, interesting! Mm-hmm. I hadn't actually thought of if they're all convertibles. Maybe there mm-hmm. is a practical concern. Maybe it's nothing to do with midlife crisis. Uh, midlife crises is it? Is that right? Is that the plural crises? Crisis. Crises. Crises. I is
1: the plural. Ah,
0: uh, you wouldn't know I speak English, right? Or even teach it. Um, (laughs) midlife crises, uh, being sort of more prevalent in German society, maybe it's just they're more sensible and efficient and understand the dangers of airflow.
1: Uh huh. As a person (laughs) with long hair who does not put the shutters down on a nice summer's day, I can assure you that, yeah, I, I would prefer a nice scarf or something if I were to do that.
0: I've got latent ginger jeans so I mean I just sunburn so that would be the reason why I would never buy a convertible
1: Not true same here I I, I, I bake very easily
0: mm, to try and avoid that as best as possible yeah yeah well moving on from this rather weird conversation that I managed to walk <laughs> us into hope you all enjoyed that listeners if you're bald do let me know uh <laughs> just like we've got 90, 95% of the, of, of the listenership are bald men win Porsches who have just switched off.
1: I mean, I, uh, when I said it's not PC, what I meant was, I mean, there are people who are voluntarily bald and they like that. And there are people mm. who do, who aren't. And so I wouldn't like bring it up in a conversation because you never know who, who is going to be affected by what you said.
0: I feel like if I get get any further down this tunnel, I've ducked myself. I'm only <laughs> going to cause more problems. So, I'm just going to dig up, uh, in, in in the right direction. Hopefully, um, going from as I said, from this weird conversation. Uh, you know,
1: I was good. I was fine with the fruit, but you know, you had to move on. <laughs>
0: no, no this, this is why we talk about fruit, right? It's to keep me from going off on the tangent. <laughs> remember, Nick? Ah, you idiot! Remember. That's the point all along. Um, yeah. I had another weird weekend uh, because I went into, all we, all we did was go shopping. That was all our plan was. Shopping. Go shopping okay. in Augsburg. Okay. Basic concept. Daughter needs shoes. Go buy shoes. Yeah. Go buy some nice shirts. On. Maybe I'll talk about that in a moment. But anyway, we park the car. We get out. We're walking towards the center of Augsburg mm-hmm. and I spot on a distance on one of the kind of pedestrianized zones. A stage has been set up for the party of the moment in Bavaria, the Friar Vela, who we've spoken about numerous times on the podcast over the last few months. Mm-hmm. And I see that in a, in a collection of sort of so maybe, maybe 30 to 35 supporters standing on the next or around the stage. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, here we go. Someone's going to give a speech for uh, the Friar Vela. It's probably a local candidate. So we keep walking towards it. And then I spot a government limo. Well, it's not a limo, but it's like a... Black sedan car, mm-hmm. BMW, I think it is, that was a Mercedes, but it was like, and you see them going to and from Munich occasionally on the autobahns, they've got this, a certain registration, you sort of know them. And I was like, oh, hang on, there's someone important here and it's the Fryer Vela. And I was like, there's no way, there's no way. And as I'm like processing this information... The door of the car opens and out steps Hubert Ivanger, who we've been speaking about, I think every no. week almost, it feels like, yeah, tell me about it. Steps out, just so you know, much fucking shorter than he is on television. Um, that might not even be true, but still I'm going to put it out there anyway. Um, yeah, he steps out and I just like, oh God, here we fucking go. And uh, uh, straight into some interview with with some journalists and a camera, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it ARD or something. And, uh, my wife was like, I am not staying here for this. Let's do the shopping. And I was like, I kind of want to hear what he's got to say. I, I want to hear what, what his speech is. And also I, I, I want to, I want to boo. Right? I want to make it known <laughs> that I don't, I don't like his shit, but sort of the better angels of my nature prevailed and, and off I went to go buy some, some stuff. And, uh, luckily for us, the speech hadn't finished by the time we came back. And, uh, we've got to catch this sort of tail end of it, but really just, I was not expecting that at all. It was kind of like, um, I've, I haven't have been that close in proximity to someone who, uh, detest
1: mm.
0: in the world of politics before. In the
1: world of politics. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah. I've been <laughs> <I'm> frequently <laughs> around uh, in close proximity to people I detest all the yeah, time.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, same here. Yeah.
0: I can't get away from it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what would you do in that situation? Would you do the same thing? Or would you, would you kind of stick around or, or what do you do when you're confronted by that?
1: I try to gauge what the audience is. Because I mean, if you look like I do, you don't want to be the only one booing. Um.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. That seems legit.
1: <laughs> because that's like that's like how I landed the headlines of the Sachsen-Anhalt allgemeine probably so uh, you know i i i'd 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 like to wait to see if someone else booze and then I might join not i might mm. then i would I wouldn't throw things though
0: oh God no, i mean like this even i would want to i think i think there's a line that politicians can cross where throwing things becomes acceptable, and I think that's when they become like just blatantly fascists and mm-hmm. I think like when you've got like when it when it's that. Not, not faux fascists, not like angry person on the internet calling you a fascist, but when they're literally standing there with. But I guess, I guess the problem is, by the time they get to that point, it's too late, right? So maybe you should start throwing stones earlier. But I, I just don't advocate that. No, shit I was thinking eggs and
1: things, the classics
0: well, I mean, there was uh, the green politician in Ulm that was had a, stones thrown at her by some drunk guy in the crowd. That yeah, happened. Okay.
1: That's harsh. Like a like couple stones of weeks ago. Yeah, it's
0: just, it's not, I mean, I don't agree with Marcus Söder and Hubert Eyvanger, but I, I don't think it's really worth me throwing stones at them. I'm not sure that really wins any arguments. Would you stop and listen? Would you like listen to what they have to say? <laughs> now, would you want to know what they have to say?
1: i would watch i would want to see what's going on i would want to see what my fellow townspeople think and mm. you know i i i'd i'd be there at a, at a safe distance but i once um in town in gieson it was a saturday and they always had this if day stand in front of the tk max in gieson mm. and then this if day guy stopped me and he wanted to give me some papers or something and i looked at him and i said uh as a I can't remember exactly what I said in German, but it's—it uh, was words to the effect of "Really, you think you want to give me things?" And then I—and he laughed, and I laughed, and we kind of parted ways.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's—it's it's, it's an odd one. Maybe he thought he had a convert. Who knows? Um, <laughs> the, the reaction of the crowd was the thing I was quite interested, in, and I wanted to know. Did they what... boo him? Did they? Um, so, th- as I came back. Ivan is in full flow, yeah, and his accent was quite hard for me to follow. But uh, the like the snatches that got, on from just talking to my wife afterwards, was that it didn't. It certainly wasn't as populist as speeches I'd heard him give in Gillamus or in um, Erding previously. It was actually quite moderate in a lot of He's ways.
1: To the crowd,
0: I think that's exactly it. Huh. Well, I just thought about it. And I was like, oh, that's exactly it, isn't it? You just yeah. like, you've, you've got a sense that this crowd won't like this, yeah. like, all oh, right, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to try and be a bit more moderate. And, uh, as supporters at the front were very excited, lots of cheering and shouting They try to get a chant going. There's nothing more depressing than the kind of supporter or a kind of, uh, advisor for a, 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 a politician trying to get a chant going among a small group of supporters. There's nothing more de- depressing. <laughs> than that.
1: Yeah, um but you mentioned that I thought like maybe the people at the front were
0: paid nah, not at all. I think they're from the lo- the there'll be like local Facebook group that have said, oh has ah, g- come and get come out or something like that okay and and because th- th- again it's that thing of like there are genuine i I think it's one of those things we've had in the, I- over the last few years this idea that people who support positions counter to our own opinions are somehow disingenuous and like These people believe this shit, like they support this guy and they think it's like what he's got to say has, has merit. And we've just got to accept that these people exist. They're not doing it for ulterior motives. I think they're doing it because they genuinely think that these, this, this guy has a point regardless of facts or data or information. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to see that a lot of the, uh, a lot of the people who were watching, who were not the supporters were kind of super skeptical. Mm-hmm. And like standing with their arms crossed, they didn't clap. And uh, as I walked past behind the, so funny, my wife was, the, the, the speech finished. Ivan got his phone out, started filming the crowd to get for like social media. And instantly my wife ducked and she's like, I'm not being in that goddamn video. <laughs> like, and he's posted the video. And if you look at the back, you'd ha- you might not be able to spot us, but you'll definitely see me walking past. And stopping, and the group I stopped behind were all booing. And I was like, well, I'm having some of this. If I, if I only got one chance and i'm gonna take it and I was just like boom <laughs> like, so um i got i got my thoughts expressed in the most sort of uh facetious facile kind of way possible
1: that's a that's a nice moment of solidarity né? and to also know that you live in a town with people who would boo Aivanga.
0: yeah, I did feel a, a moderate amount of uh, of happiness mm. i mean it was kind of it was kind of on the back of quite negative news last week, towards the end of last week, there was a, a, a report from the F- uh, Friedrich Ebert Stiftung, mm. uh, the uh, association, and they compiled a report that suggested right-wing views are more widespread than previously thought. Mm. Uh, and it said something like 8% of the population have extremist attitudes uh, while 16.5% accused Jewish people of wanting to take advantage of the Nazi past of Germany. And I say, like, oh God, like it just, it, 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 there is just, it just feels like it's it's constant, this kind of shit, isn't it? Mm. But then we had Sunday and Sunday was a little bit more optimistic, at mm-hmm. least politically, because there was a vote in, another vote in Turingia. It feels like we've talked about every vote in Turingia for the mm-hmm. last Three months, so they were voting in Thuringia, and they were voting on a municipal mayor in the town of Nordhausen. Mm-hmm. And there'd been a, it was a runoff election because the previous vote had seen the AfD candidate in the area receive forty two point one percent of the vote, but mm. crucially not fifty percent of the vote, yeah. which is what they needed in order to take up the position of mayor. And so there was this runoff election, and uh, surprisingly. For for pretty much everyone, the assumption had been the AfD candidate York Prophet, would win handily, but actually it turned out the incumbent, an independent uh, guy called Kai Buchman, he won the runoff election quite well actually. Fifty four point nine percent of the vote going to Buchmann in the end, and uh, so it's like a little it's this like moment at the end of the week last week where it's like oh god, you've ruined. Then we have the speech with Ivanger. and then. Bang, Sunday, we get a result that's kind of counter to the narrative at the moment of the unstoppable RFD wave. So that's quite positive. Do you think we should be celebrating this sort of stuff, or do you think we should just have to be super cautious?
1: I'm super happy that he didn't go to the RFD guy, but it's also kind of depressing that he did get more votes in the first round. And it's just that nobody got over 50%. And so you have to go at it again. And maybe. The second time round, I think, uh, was there a 60% of a voter turnout or
0: 57%? I think uh, there was voter turnout in the second election was 59.3%. Yeah. Uh, which is slightly up on the 56.4% of voter turnout in the first election.
1: It's like people being like smoked out of their homes because they know uh, what way uh, this is going to go if they don't come. Mm. So, But it's still depressing that the first one was... I mean, it did technically go to the IFD guy.
0: That, there is that, but when you have elections where you've got lots of different parties, mm-hmm. runoffs aren't entirely surprising. Um, and the vote itself, Profit got forty-two point one percent in the first vote and forty-five point one percent in the second vote. So it doesn't look like doesn't like like a shtick is really is really sticking, or at least it didn't convince a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, local elections they have in Britain mm. they the constantly like, look, oh, like, can we extrapolate from this local election, whether it'll tell us what the general election will be and what kind of swings there'll be. And I don't know. I mean, it felt like there was a lot of very particular local aspects here from the fact that the incumbent mayor was an independent mm. and not a member of any, any like, other parties? if Kai Bookman had been a green party member, he previously been a green party member, uh-huh. um, and had left and also, I think he'd been part of the SPD as well. Mm-hmm. But the fact he's running as an independent now maybe is is one of the reasons why. I don't know, what do you think?
1: I think, I'm I'm just wondering though. So here, like first you have the news. We have all been talking about it for a while that, um, you know, uh, look at these polls. The IFJ is winning. They haven't had these, you know, they're they're set to win. And then when that actually happens, then people kind of like, did they like kind of freeze and think, ah shit, it's actually happening if we don't go out and vote. And they actually, the second time round they went out and voted. And I think that's cool. But I'm also wondering like this news that says the IFD is set to win, whether that in itself could motivate people to, you know, get up off their chairs and vote and mm. to vote properly.
0: Whenever you listen to people who are trying to guess why people vote the way they do, it does feel a bit like reading the tea leaves. Mm. Like so much can shift things. Like, like it could equally be the fact that someone thinks the rfd is going to win would would mean that they don't vote. Oh, that well, my guy's going to win anyway. I don't need to vote. Or like, oh, what's the point of me voting? You know, this guy's yeah. going to win anyway. But it just depends on the on the sort of areas and 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 the makeup of people. But. I think you're right. I think maybe there might be an aspect of that where people are like motivated because they're seeing they're seeing how how things are going and they, they don't they don't like it and they want to register their dissatisfaction through democratic means. I mean, God, I hope that happens in Bayern, but I can't see it being the case next week. Like, I mean, it's again, it's another weird election because the, the 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 guy the incumbent wasn't he was like being investigated for bullying mm. so it's like oh, he's not great a great candidate that we can all sort of get behind you know mm. and also the views of the rfd candidate prophet had uh, had been quite quite ripe to be honest he'd mm. made criticism he'd had some criticisms of um well not just criticisms he just it's this weird shit that right-wingers sort of spout weird kind of pseudo conspiracy theories he'd he'd said um the the, the um there was a concentration camp, Mittelbau Dora, that was quite near uh, Nordhausen. Mm-hmm. And on the uh, anniversary of an Allied air raid on the the, the town of Nordhausen in 1945, the AfD candidate came out with some like weird statements about the cult of guilt, um, mm. how we need to change from the cult of guilt to the cult of democracy, and uh, yeah, and all that shit, you know. And so I think oh. again. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it's just the case that he's a bit of a prick, and everyone in the town knew he was a bit of a prick, and didn't want to vote for. Him. I not I don't know. It could be. It could be so many different things that, yeah. that motivate people.
1: But I'm really keeping my fingers crossed, though, that like this news about the rise of the IFT is gonna like move people to do to make sure that the exact opposite happens.
0: But it's that thing again, whether it's because of these weird things that happened in regard to this election and it's not representative, but it does feel like RFD wins a municipal seat, media focuses on it for two weeks. Everybody's talking about it on our social media. Massive thing, mm. massive discussion. Every talk show is discussing the rise of the RFD. RFD lose, no news. It's not even on, like, it's not a headline. There isn't think pieces being written about mm. it. I'm not even sure if, like, the talk shows are really focused on mm-hmm. it, particularly.
1: Personally, in a weird way, I actually don't mind that people don't discuss it and don't report on it, because that means if they do, um, then the voters are going to be like, oh my God, look at us, we are, we are not gr- too great in numbers, let's rally up.
0: But I've noticed a lot more kickback politically, a lot more sort of attack-minded speeches in the Bundestag on its return, a lot more combative discussions. Tino Chupula, the um, the head or the leader or the they don't really have leaders in in Germany. They have sort of chairman and chair mm-hmm. people of parties, but he's sort of the leader in the in the Bundestag, mm-hmm. one of the leaders of the Bundestag for the AfD. And he was on Meischberger, I think, or it could be Hart Affair, I can't remember which were the talk shows it was, and he said something along the lines of like, "Oh, you know, the fake media," and the green politician who was opposing him who sat opposite him, she just laid into him like, and and in a way that I was like, oh God, I haven't seen the Greens do this in a while. Thank, like it's about fucking time. Mm. Can we actually have a bit of to and fro on this instead of it just being uh, one way traffic? It was um, Catherine Goering Eckhart, who I think we've talked about before. And the discussion was kind of like, he just made some comment about like, oh, it's, it's not a free press or something which is a comment you hear a lot as a lot in a lot of places are oh, Lugan presser this kind of mm. nazi phrase that you constantly hear and it is a nazi phrase and the Nazis kind of they started using it in the 1930s so i don't feel kind of like i'm tainting them with anything but yeah just a lot more aggressive a lot and she was kind of saying like no we'll have a free press you know the difference between a democracy and a and a dictatorship is if this is a dictatorship they lock you up for saying the stuff that you're saying but we mm. don't because we're a democracy and it just like lo- the big round of applause and and you're kind of like yeah that's fucking right you know i mean it's probably mm. the time someone said it you know i knew i'd finally get a chance to see something uh, amazing come out of oktoberfest and so it transpired at the weekend i think it was on sunday Mm -hmm. where england captain by munich player harry kane and fan i'm assuming of the podcast because how could he not be listening to one of the foremost english language podcasts about germany um how could he not be listening to us for god's sake hey harry Hope you're listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: shout out.
0: Yeah. Shout out, yo. Um, yeah. So, Harry Kane rocked up with his teammates from Bayern Munich to the Oktoberfest wearing Lederhosen. It's not the first time I've seen him wear Lederhosen. He was doing it for some kind of campaign, I think, or some promotional thing a couple of weeks ago. But damn, the man looks fine in Lederhosen. I've definitely man crushed my way through Sunday, uh, enjoying lots of photos of a beaming Harry Kane holding various pretzel shaped objects and giant glasses of beer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this was on the back as well of of Kane's first hat trick for Bayern Munich. He is a, a record breaker as well. He's the first player in Bayern's history to score 7 goals in 5 games. So, um as a new as a new player, so he's he's, he's not only smashing records, he's smashing plates of Massive chunks of meat and uh, lit- uh, glasses of beer. Yeah. I'm assuming, though, he's not eating that. I can't imagine that any sports star has succeeded on drinking a litre of beer and what, in most cases, are like a full chicken. <laughs> I don't know. If that's the diet of champions. <laughs> Maybe it's, I don't know, weightlifting champions. <laughs>
1: There's also a very German thing, no? To eat a chicken or at least half.
0: We have the Haxxer stands. We see them all the time. Yeah, um, I love the smell. Of them. there's one. that's the that rocks up at the um, the around the corner, and ah. you can smell it down the street. But yeah, they don't. They don't half love a half chicken or a full chicken, no matter. Mm. But yeah, it's a it, it's a big thing. But I'm not sure I could finish an entire chicken on me, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's something that, you can get them though. You can buy them at a, 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 these events. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought he looked really good in, in his in his housing.
1: I can imagine, Nick. I do have a question. Is that his real name?
0: Well, Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah, it's his name. Is <laughs> it? It's it's his real name? name. Yeah, his real name is Harry Kane. No,
1: yeah. that's very yeah. cool. Because the way you say it, it sounds like hurricane.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah? The, I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah. It's 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 not the way I'm saying it. It's the way his name is. It does sound like hurricane, <laughs> Harry Kane. <laughs> hurricane. But I think it's a hurry, hurry I think that might be the kind of the Beyrish or the, the dodgy pronunciation. There's not an Harry Kane, it's a ah, Ari Kane. Okay. But yeah, it's nice to see a fellow Englishman succeeding in, in Bavaria mm-hmm. so uh, publicly as well. But also the fact that he had he had some a fine pair of lederhosen will not I c I, I won't I'm not usually jealous of other people's fashion choices, but slightly jealous of uh, of old Harry Kane. Do you have Lederhosen? No, I am just an admirer of uh, of the leather shorts. Have you
1: googled leather Nick?
0: I have looked at several pairs in the last couple <laughs> of weeks. I've certainly been considering. You sound
1: it. like a man who has googled leather I
0: kind of want to, but I do want to get some. <laughs> I really, I really want to get some.
1: Aren't they very warm? The leather leather pants, right?
0: I've never worn them, so I can't really say. I mean, they look they look dead comfortable, but. Uh, I was looking at the kit in the clobber and I was like, it's quite expensive because I don't do things by halves. If I'm going to get them, I'm going to get the, like the right pair mm. and I've got an idea of the kind of, because it's a full outfit, isn't it? It's the, mm. the, the lederhosen, the shoes, socks. The frilly shirts. Well, I mean, there's not so many frilly shirts, but there's definitely checked shirts. I'm mm-hmm. um, a waistcoat. I'm a big a waistcoat guy. So uh, <laughs> one of those would go down nicely. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's it, I'm totally into it. I'm totally into it. Do you think I should buy some? Do you think that will change me in any way? Do you think I'll be be a, a, more of a man or less of a man? Should I buy, <laughs> buy a pair?
1: I think along with the fruit that you will buy, you should buy a pair of lederhosen. Go for it. Give your heart what it desires.
0: Would you, would you get a dindle?
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's not... Uh, it's not my thing. It's very distinctive.
0: It, what? Just a fashion choice, or is it? Is it a statement? Do you think?
1: It's very bosom accentuating. And
0: yes, that is true. Right? I think it's it's as much as you want it to be, really, because. Uh, I think there's there's v- v- various types and various day- ways of wearing them. Aye, sir. Yeah,
1: I see.
0: Yeah, mean, I live in Bavaria so you see a lot of different types of lederhosen and dindle knocking around. Yeah. Especially at the moment, every time I, I go on a on a bit of public transport, there's people going to Oktoberfest and there's just lots of different types.
1: I don't know, sometimes like when you have people in these clothes outside you know as shop assistants for instance they do look uncomfortable and 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 it's not like a good commercial for the for the clothes i mean you you can see the people who who are under obligation to wear it for work for instance and i do feel bad for people who have like a uniform in that sense
0: i think it, it depends a lot on the type and quality and all of these i mean ultimately for the for women they're being laced up into a, a corset mm. what is essentially a corset and for blokes they're wearing the shorts i can't imagine there's a lot of maneuverability in leather shorts right so Herb. i can't i can imagine there's a level of discomfort it's like I anything mean, you know when you do you know, when you go to a wedding you get dolled up and you, you feel really good because you're wearing like some really fine cool looking fashionable clothing mm. but the relief when you get to take it all off
1: oh yes i know this Next Sri Lankan weddings and saris, that's like six fucking yards of material wrapped around you. You know, when I was a kid, I had like not cotton saris. And then you have to get dressed at like 6 a.m. for a morning wedding. And then, you know, you go to lunch and there is a reception. And then you come back in the evening and when you take it off, it's heaven.
0: Yeah, I I was, uh, it's art. Tenth wedding anniversary next year, Aww. and I've committed. I've committed to trying to fit into my my suit from the wedding. Oh, but uh, like because it really does not fit, and uh, I say, oh, that will be like a fun thing to be to see if I can try and get back into it. Yeah, I can't. It shouldn't be that much work, but I remember buying it and be dead happy with it. But I do remember the delight with which I removed it in the in the evening because it was after a while, it just becomes a little bit much. Yeah, so. Uh I guess I guess there is a relief to be had from having to wear it but then having getting to remove it at the same time. But I, I do get what you mean about the dindles. The dindles do look particularly or certainly more uncomfortable than the Lederhosen in my mind. But it's not the only type of um traditional outfit. There's lots of different ones mm. across across the, the country. Uh, when we talk about tracting or like traditional dress, there's mm. lots of variations from mm. north, south, east, west the sorbian culture um they have some really interesting outfits as well traditional dress certainly headdresses as well so i mean there's lots of different variations so it doesn't have to be a dindle dilly you could uh, you could go a different angle on it and find something a bit more comfortable but yeah so it's a it's a it's a positive then you're 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 suggesting that i get some leather
1: i suggest you get some leather um because then you look a little like harry kane
0: that's all really? i ever wanted yeah. that's all i've ever wanted <laughs> germany doesn't often have a lot to celebrate at the moment but there is some positive news Dilly. i've got i found some i dug it out and I've, I've, I'm, I'm gonna show it to you now did you know that that germany actually has the longest castle in the world the longest
1: castle in the world be- because they couldn't stack the s- s- floors on top of each other? <laughs>
0: just, that's exactly right, Dilly. That's exactly why, <laughs> what, what <laughs> it is. They couldn't, They. it was just an elaborate, Lego uh, castle. No, it's um, the castle is uh, is Berghausen Castle. It's in Bavaria. I'm sorry, listeners, right? Everything seems to be happening in Bavaria. I know there's other parts of Germany, but in fairness, every other podcast is talking about Berlin. So, like, you want variety? Here's some variety. So Berghausen Castle in Bavaria uh, is the world's longest castle, and over a kilometre long, in fact. And it's exactly... 1,051 meters high above the town of Berghausen. And it's very big and dramatic looking. It's exactly what you want from a German castle. It's on top of a a sort of mountainy bit and it's very uh, imposing and it, and it looks kind of medieval, unlike Neuschwanstein that looks a bit Disney-fied. So this is something that we can all celebrate. I think, what do you think, Dilly? Are you proud that you live in a country that has the longest castle?
1: I am, but I would like to comment on the fact that you like to celebrate a lot of things, Nick. You're a celebratory kind of guy.
0: I do. I like celebrate because I just gotta love Germany. <laughs> what can I say? I'm not going to feel bad about that. Don't make me feel bad about my love for Germany. <laughs> because
1: I think celebration, this is like the third time you mentioned celebration on the podcast today. So, you know, the fact that we have the longest castle, the fact that Harry Kane is there, the fact that he's wearing yeah. Lederhosen. There was something else. Ah, the fact that you booed. The fact that you booed Eivanger.
0: Yeah, I was very happy about that too. But do, do you know why it is? It's because I've gotten to a cycle of of ha- actually being properly hydrated. I think my brain's actually functioning at a higher level. I'm more optimistic and happy than, <laughs> than I was previously. That is nice. And it's all down to just general hydration.
1: <laughs> hydration and fruit, I'm sure.
0: Well, I mean, not to move away from the excitement of the castle, yeah. but like, fuck it, why not? The 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 whole thing is like, I weighed myself. I weighed myself God, about a couple month ago. months ago. Fucking mm-hmm. really depressing. Weighed myself, and I when I was overweight as a kid, I was over 120 kilos, mm-hmm. which is quite a lot. I think I was about 125 kilos. Right now, I'm 120 kilos. Mm-hmm. I'm exactly the same weight I was when I was 16. Now it's distributed differently. Mm. I'm not 100. I'm I'm big and muscular, mm-hmm. but I'm still carrying a bit of weight. And i was so bummed out about it. And I was like, I, I'm sick of doing these diets and all this exercise and and never like getting anywhere and then and then i I sort of slept on it and i woke up and i was like oh like i know what i need to do i'm gonna lean into it Mm -hmm. instead of trying to get smaller i'm gonna get fucking bigger so i'm gonna buy loads of weights (laughs) just become a monster and that is why you're
1: building a gym
0: (laughs) That's <laughs> why so I'm building my gym. I was like, oh, so well, if, cool. fuck it. If I can't be lean, I'm just going to be massive. I'm just going to be massive and muscular and terrifying. And uh, and that's that's my target. I'm, I might not be as big as the longest castle in Germany, but I'm going to be pretty big.
1: That is your plan. I wish I celebrate this.
0: And the fruit's important because the fruit helps you burn fat, which is what I want to do. Ah, Burn fat, increase muscle mass. So the fruit's really good for that and the hydration's really good for that.
1: Yeah, hydration is really good for everything. Just wanted to mm. ask you though, Nick, going back to the castle, have you been to it?
0: Uh, yeah, I've been to Berghausen. Was it long? It uh, it's, takes a long time to walk through. It's got loads of museums as well.
1: Okay, so it's a really flat mountain top, is it?
0: Uh, I, th- I mean, d- d- flat enough to put a castle on.
1: Flat enough to put a long castle on.
0: I mean, it's not quite a mountain. It's rather like a large hill, I guess. Like a plateau. Well, I mean, they, they, they didn't, they, they, it's a vantage point, isn't it? It's, it they built it in a position, like they, you build these castles because it was a functional castle. You, it, it's a defensible position above above the town mm. of Berghausen. And so it's 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 a beefy looking thing. And you could tell just by looking at it that it's a, it was a functioning castle because it's not pretty. It's not pretty, pretty, but it does look like a fortress. Mm-hmm and um it's it's got it's really nice it's got loads of museums that do a nice tour i think it's relatively cheap it's actually free to get into as well which is great um you not know, a lot of places and in, in museum wise will be free to get into uh have you just looked up a picture uh-huh it's good in it
1: oh wow mm-hmm. it's massive
0: it's what you want and the inside's really good as well it looks really looks like a film set you know it looks like, I mean, I'd be surprised if it hasn't been used for a film set at some point. Mm. It looks very Game of Thrones.
1: Mm, ooh.
0: But uh, there's a lot of very, very picturesque yeah. uh, photos of it at night or in the mist and stuff like that. Oh,
1: with the nice pillars.
0: I fucking love a, I love a castle, man, honestly. Yeah. The history fanboy in me just explodes when I see, I'm just like, hey, give me a castle all day.
1: Nick, talking about castles, I need to ask you. Maybe I have asked you this before and I apologize in advance. Have, are you familiar with the with the 80s show uh, Robin of Sherwood?
0: <laughs> yeah, we've talked about Robin of Sherwood. I think it's one of the first episodes you tell me about Robin of Sherwood. And I was like, what? Why is that something that you'd watched? Have
1: you Have you seen it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to, I used to uh, watch the, it. The yeah. images
1: of the forest and the castles. I mm. I have quite a distinctive memory of European castles from
0: that, But there's a a difference between Britain and and Germany in a lot of ways. Because of the way Britain developed historically, a lot of our castles, well, first and foremost, there's no abbeys. All the monasteries were were destroyed Mm. and liquidated uh, by Henry VIII. Mm. And a lot of the castles over time either fell into disrepair or were actively destroyed because you had you have the uh you have various rebellions you have civil wars Mm. and like they would have the walls knocked down or the 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 the, the castles themselves would be knocked down so they weren't held against the government Mm. of the time so there was there was a lot of reason to get rid of them whereas because germany was lots of little statelets and countries Mm. and kind of a collaboration of different bits and bobs there was a lot more sort of warfare a lot more kind of fighting between states and by the time Germany becomes a country it's got past the point where they're knocking all of them down mm-hmm. some of them just fall down but you, there's still a lot like you'll drive around certainly the south and you'll turn a corner and be like bloody hell there's a fantastic looking castle at the top of a hill or it'll be a monastery or something mm-hmm. like that so there's a lot of that stuff knocking around but yeah it does have that film set vibe but probably because It was used as a film set because that's where they, I think Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves was filmed in the Czech Republic and Poland Mm. as well as in England. And I think they use these areas as well for, for a lot of medieval kind of films and TV shows. Um, I know the East, the East of, of Europe is often used for these things, Mm. um, more so than others. And Croatia got, got a big thing out of Game of Thrones, didn't they? So
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Uh,
0: yeah, Croatia was one of their but they they filmed all over ah. the place. But yeah. And this it, it's it, it kind of makes it kind of yeah. There's there's a little bit of mystery and excitement about about Germany in that respect where you this sort of fantasy environment that we're you're kinda of knocking around in. But I, I guess maybe that's more Bavaria than sort of producer Simon's Bonn or your uh Saxony I don't know if that's the case. I would not have said Bonn was a fantasy environment.:
1: <laughs> So um, from my kitchen, I can actually see the Chateau Augustburg, uh, the castle of Neu Augustburg.
0: Oh, right, okay.
1: And when it's lit up with like it, it in the night, they, they, light, uh, they light it up. Mm-hmm. and so on top of the hill, you just see the illuminated castle, and it's very pretty. And like when it has like fireworks over it, which happens every every so often, as dreary as my life is sometimes I look out of my kitchen window and I see this illuminated and lit castle, and I kind of feel okay, it's not so bad then
0: yeah <laughs> it's quite it's quite similar to the ones I've seen in wurzburg as well' yeah. This kind of palatial it's it's a come over a it's not a manor house is it it's not quite a castle either hmm. it's, more like a palace i think it's sort of designed baroque style uh, that you see in a lot of places but yeah it's the, the architecture is really i always find that one of the most appealing features it's mm-hmm. why i like living in augsburg the architecture is generally pretty solid yeah. but even in, in Nuremberg, it was it was pretty pretty great but it's nice having that kind of stuff on your doorstep kind of gives you a reason to or at least a reminder of why the hell you moved here in the first place
1: yeah That brings us to the end of the show. We are off to help Nick buy some lederhosen and buy producer Simon, a second-hand Porsche.
0: If you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on iTunes, which only takes a minute and can really help us. You can also rate us on Spotify, so chuck some stars our way there as well. Retweet us, share a link, or post with the hashtag DecadesFromHome or lowercase on Twitter. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Dillion at Dillialgama and you can tweet me at 40 german You can also get us on decadesfromhome at gmail.com. If you have time, take a look at 40%German.com. Weekly articles are up every Saturday. All that's left to say is thanks and some next time, Mal. Cheers!